Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoyed this message in our current series. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's, uh, it's good to be home. It's good to be home. Um, though I confess, after Tammy and Al got done, I probably should just close in prayer. <laughs> because at this point, all I can do is mess it up. But it's been a month since I've preached, and I'm sort of itching to do this, so you're stuck with me. (laughs) It was almost a year ago that Tammy and I independently started reading in the book of Colossians and memorizing some powerful verses about what's happening in heaven and what God wants us to discover on earth. As often happens, that sort of became a kernel of an idea for a series of messages, and it's not surprising. And about a month ago, almost exactly, it was a Sunday evening, I uh, took some time away and I outlined the series not knowing any of the last month would happen. That's a... What, what we want often in life comes with what we don't want. What we, what we want, what we hope for, what we dream for, what we plan for. The reality is it often comes mingled with what we don't want, what we don't hope for, what we don't dream for. That's a good introduction to the book of Colossians. What we want. What God wants. And where it is. And how we find it. So here we are a month later, and it's not been the month we wanted or expected. But along the way, God gave us exactly what we needed. That seems like a good way to introduce an important little book. But let me, let me set the stage for you with Colossians, if I could, and then I'd like to share a little bit of the gifts that God has given us over the past month. But first, Colossians. For those who may be new to the Bible, Colossians is one of those small letters in the New Testament. We call it a letter because it was actually a letter written to a church that came down to us through the ages as Scripture. You could read the whole thing in 15 minutes, 10 if you're a fast reader. You should do that. We're going to spend the summer in this book. It was written about 60, 61 A.D. It was written to this little community, Colossae, the church there. It was new and 
having its share of struggles. But if you really want to understand the story of the letter of Colossians, you'll probably have to travel back about seven years and a hundred miles to the city of Ephesus. They're both in modern-day Turkey, what in your Bible maps is called Asia Minor. Paul has showed up on one of his famous missionary journeys. And he showed up to Ephesus to start a church in a city that didn't really want a church. And he did what he always did. He went to the synagogue. He just started preaching in the synagogue until it caused a riot and they kicked him out. But he was undeterred. He forged ahead, but with a new tact. He, he started a school, like a little Bible college, there was a guy named Tyrannus, whose name oddly means tyrant, and I'm not sure that's who you want to team up with for a school, but that's what he did. And Tyrannus had a school, probably a school of philosophy, and somehow they, they team up, and Paul begins this, this ministry training center. And out of that group comes a few passionate for the gospel, young men. One whose name is Epaphras. You may have never heard of Epaphras because he doesn't have a book like James or John or Mark or Matthew. He's just Epaphras. But if he had a book, it'd be Colossians. Because somewhere along the line, Epaphras is filled with just the gospel and he's on fire with it and he can't help but in his bones he wants to go back to the city of his birth, his hometown, and start a church. And that's what he does. He goes to Colossae to start a church. He's just ready. He's just on fire. He's not an apostle. He's not a disciple. He's just ready and he's passionate and he's going. And he does it. He goes to this little city and he probably knows some people because he's from there and he starts, he starts preaching and teaching and they start this little church and the thing begins to flourish and then he discovers what most church planners discover. Oh, this is harder than it looks. Because people, people, people are people and people do people stuff and the church was slowly being infiltrated. The city of Colossae is full of, uh, of, of pagans who, uh, who were into uh, special knowledge in the early beginnings of Gnosticism and mysticism, and, and that started to infiltrate the church, and there was a large Jewish population in the community, and that was in the church, and the Jewish legalism started to come in as they started to say, well, you need to be more Jewish, and, and you had these competing factions, and you had all of these things being added to the gospel, and Epaphras is beside himself. Wow. I do. This isn't what I planned for. This isn't what I hoped for. They're, they're, they're diluting the gospel, the beautiful story of what God wants for them. They're, they're mixing it up with all these other things. And, and he decides, I need to talk to Paul. And so he goes on a journey. Only Paul's not 100 miles away anymore in Ephesus. Paul is is in prison in Rome. 
And it's not prison like you're thinking of. It's house arrest in this case. And he was still allowed to do many things. He could write. He could meet with people. He could talk, but he couldn't leave. And so Epaphras shows up at the house. Imagine what that must have been like as Epaphras comes to the house where Paul is under house arrest, and he walks by that guard. Maybe there's a guard chained to Paul, and he just sits down, and Paul says, tell me how it's going. And Epaphras says, it's so hard. Tell me. He begins to tell him about all of this stuff from the outside that has crept in and is polluting the beautiful story of the gospel. And Paul says, let me help you. And he writes this beautiful letter that we call Colossians. And he sends it to the church to tell them What you want, what you really, really want, is found in Jesus. That's it. I'm going to take the next three months to unpack it, but that's it. You should still come every week. (laughs) What you want, what you really want, is in Jesus. I'd like to read you a few of the opening verses. Um, And I'd like to take a few minutes just to tell you two of the gifts that God has given us over this past month. And it turns out that they they appear in these opening verses. It's not surprising. Let me read it to you. This letter, he opens, is from Paul. Chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God, our Father, give you grace and peace. Grace and peace. That phrase, may God give you grace and peace, has become something of a traditional Christian greeting. May God give you grace and peace. I was driving Tammy over here this morning and uh, I saw she had notes and I got nervous because notes are my territory, not her territory. I'm like, what are you going to say? And she started sharing a bit of it and I'm like, that's my sermon. <laughs> turns out we've just experienced the same thing. God's grace and his peace. Here's what we've learned. God is enough. (laughs) 
He's enough. Is it? You see, you're going to have moments in your life that are terrifying, overwhelming, and uncertain. When that comes, you'll discover he's enough. Tam has been struggling with her health for for some time and just hasn't felt herself. And it had gotten acute recently, and she had started having some dizziness and some headaches, which is really unusual for her. And he had gone to the doctor and done the blood work. And the doctor said, well, you know what? I want to do a CAT scan, and I'm going to be honest with you. Those are expensive, and I have a high deductible. And I was like, really? Can we do like a Lyme panel or something? I'm just being honest with you folks. I talked to a doctor friend. He says, well, it's hard to argue. I mean, that's start at the top and figure it out from there. And so we went, and honestly, we went thinking, eh, we'll get this done, and then let's go have lunch. What was the plan? We went in, and, and, and I share this because there's moments, right? There's moments, and it's in the moments that you discover. It's in the moment of uncertainty and fear where, where, where we're in this little waiting room over at the local hospital, and she goes in for the scan, and she comes out, and right on the heels of her coming out, the technician comes with her and says, uh, the radiologist will be right out to see you. And I thought this would take like weeks, and you know, think that just never, nothing ever moves fast. And within, literally within a minute, the, uh, the radiologist, who was clearly young and brand new at this, came in, white as a sheet. And she just said, she goes, and she was clearly shook up. And when, when your doctor is shook up, it messes with you, you know what I'm saying? She's like, well, there, there's a significant finding, and we need to get you to the ER. Truth is, she didn't even know how to get to the ER. That's how, new she, that's how I knew she was new. And, but, and I share that because it was right there. It was right there. That God's presence showed up in our life. I don't know how to explain it. And we went and we waited and waited and waited and waited and waited and I don't know, like six hours later, we had just six hours just to sit there and wait and and God's presence, His peace, His grace in our life was just, I can't explain it. And I don't want, I don't want to pretend like I was strong for her. I wasn't. She had her own strength. And, and you just are, so maybe you actually are thinking, oh, she was strong for you, and that's a very real possibility. But, but I think in that moment, we just we discovered that God's presence was enough. He's enough. And I'm just, I'm just here to say this morning that wherever you're at and whatever it is you're going through, he's enough. He's enough. You don't have to have an answer or a solution. Listen, God's presence is not problem-solving, and those are two different things. And if you're like me, and I know a bunch of you are like me, you like problem-solving, and I like problem-solving. And I'm not going to lie, I got in the hospital room and I started problem-solving. A little bit of WebMD. You know, I'm looking up, I'm looking up tumors and... Funny, funny story. In God's grace, when they told us that there was a significant finding, they said it was... It was um, like, it was five millimeters. And I was like, so I'm looking it up. I'm like, oh, that's like the size of a pea. We can deal with that. I heard it wrong. It was five centimeters. But God's grace, he knew what I could handle in that moment. 
So he gave me the smaller understanding. I'm, I, listen, I'm, 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 texting, I'm texting friends in the medical field. I'm like, you know. But God's presence is not problem solving. His presence comes before and during and after. And it's enough. And that's, that's why we do this. We, we come together and we, we cultivate God's presence in, in our lives through, through His Word and through worship. That's why we stand and we sing these songs. That's why so many of them, are, they, become, they become so familiar. They just, they just pop up and we, we, we sing them. We can't, it's, just, it's just normal to us because we're, we're cultivating God's presence in our life. We're reminding us that ourselves that we're, we're not alone. That's why we come and worship. It's why we, it's why we carry these things around and it's why we open them up every day because it's in these, in these pages and in this word that, that he becomes real to us and, and his presence becomes real because when everything goes south and life is uncertain, that presence that you've cultivated, it, it shows up and, and it's enough. It's enough. Let me read to you the next verses because there's one more thing that Timmy also talked about and I'd like to double down on. In verse 3, I have to put my glasses on. I just want you to listen for the, the, the language of this. We always, we always pray for you. And we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith, Paul says, in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives. From this day, from the day you first heard and understood the truth of God's wonderful grace, you learn, verse 7, about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. And then this, he has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given you. I think the second thing that God has given us is you. Your, your, your love for us. The, the prayers of, of hundreds and literally thousands of, of people. The, the, 
the emails and the social media messages and the texts and the cards and this kind of overwhelming reminder that we were loved. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, well, didn't you expect that? I think sort of. But we weren't ready for it. Your love and the love of so many others and, 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 and the prayer was like it was like a it was like a weight of comfort in our life. You, ever, you know how in the winter you like that good heavy blanket? You know what I'm talking about? You, you, you know, it's cold and you don't want like a little thin, but you get like, like a heavy, they, they sell weighted blankets now and it like, just like you get under a thing, it's just like, I'm going to bed just so I can get under that thing. And we, we felt the weight of your, your prayers. We felt the weight of, of your love for us. Here's what I'm saying is that we, we need, we, we need each other. We need this collective we in these opening verses. He's, he's talking about we. We have heard, we have known of your love for others. Some of us like being alone. I, you, you, you wouldn't know this about me unless you, you got close. But I, So you would probably expect I'm an extrovert, and I am an extrovert, but I have a switch. And, I, and, and, and I only, I, it goes just one or two ways. It's, it's extrovert or I don't want to see anybody anywhere. There's a part of me that just likes being alone. And we got, in, we got into this, and uh, we were up, up in Boston, and it was going to be an extended stay. And I had, and, and friends that started hearing started offering. I didn't know I had so many friends who lived in Boston, but a bunch of you have places, and people were just, I mean, I must have gotten a dozen offers of, hey, you can, we have a place for 10 minutes, for 15 minutes, for 5 minutes, for 20 minutes, come, come stay with us. And, and, and I, was, I was incredibly grateful for that, and I said no, because I just wanted to, I just wanted to be alone in that moment. I just, I, I was, you know, they kicked you out of the hospital after visiting hours, and I was, Tam and I were sitting there, and I, I was looking up a hotel, and I tried to save 50 bucks. That was a mistake. If you're looking for a hotel in Boston, tell me, because it was sketchy. I thought, it's in a nice town, but it was sketchy. Like one of those places you can pull right up to your front door. That's, that's the kind, and it was sketchy. <laughs> and then I... sat there for hours reading your notes. Turns out I didn't really want to be alone after all. Sort of did, but it was the, the, the weight of people's love. We would sit together in the hospital and we'd read notes and cards and messages and 
prayers that were offered and is the, the weight of it. What I'm saying is we, we need we. And we is hard. It's hard. It's hard especially if you've, if you've been rejected or you've struggled to find your people. And, and you, you may have decided somewhere along the line, I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to need anybody. I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to, I'm going to move straight forward. And I got my little circle, but we need more than a little circle. We need we. We need the weight of that community. We need this. We need gatherings like this, folks. Listen, there's something powerful in this. I get it. I, listen, I. I've sat home and watched from my couch eating a bagel for the last three weeks. It's been sweet. But there's something powerful about this, about worship, about greeting. But we have to fight for it. You're going to have to carve out time in your schedule. You're going to have to forgive people for offenses because people do people stuff. You're going to have to overlook differences. But I'm just telling you, it's worth it. Because one day, when you need it, that community that you've cultivated it comes back into your life like a weighted blanket. This past month, past few weeks actually, marks 30 years since Tammy and I moved here to start Cape Cod Church. We still feel pretty young, so we're not looking backwards yet. But in this moment, we, we felt 30 years of community come rushing back into our lives. People that we hadn't seen. People had moved out of state and around the world. It comes rushing back. People that had been mad at us. Well, mad at me, but not her. people we didn't know. My favorite was my, my atheist friends who wrote me and said they were praying for me. I'm like, it's a miracle. I wanted to write back and say, do you know what you just said? You know, who are you praying to? Gotcha. And I was so grateful. We need we. I want to be careful. We walk through a tumultuous month, but God has been so gracious, and we have such a hopeful prognosis. 
that we're keenly aware of people who are walking through valleys that don't end in 30 days. That have come here this morning and you're carrying that weight. And I just want you to know God is enough. He's enough. And his presence doesn't show up in your life if you're a professional pastor or if you've been practicing this out for years. It's there for the asking. And you may be brand new to this community, but I got to tell you, it's a unique place. And it's a place where you will find love and prayer from others who don't even yet know you. I was kind of considering how we would wrap all of this up. And I actually just want to, I want to pray together. In a moment, we're going we're gonna to sing a song. And then we're going to go out. We, we did the announcements up front because I want to do something different. Because I recognize that, that there may be someone here, and there may be a, a lot of you here, and you just need someone to pray for you. And so our prayer team is going to be down front. And if you want someone to pray with you, that's what they're here for just to come and to stand with somebody. They're not here to counsel you here. They're not here to fix you. They just want to pray for you. Maybe as a husband and a wife, you want to come and pray. Or maybe you're still in that alone phase and you just want to pray, but know you're surrounded by other people who are praying with you. You can do that too. I just want to, I want to say God's presence and God's people. It's powerful. And we don't want to miss this moment. Would you stand with me? I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I want to pray for you. And then our worship team is going to sing and our prayer team is going to come. I'm going to stand back. Prayer team, wherever you're at, our Sunday prayer team, you can and come to the front now and just be ready. You can pray with someone. You can pray by yourself. You can pray where you're seated. You can pray during the song. When the song is over, we're going to dismiss. And that our tradition is that as people go, you want to come forward and pray. But I just want to tell you, you don't have to wait. I haven't got this all figured out. I just feel like we should, we should finish by praying for one another. So let's do that. Father, you are enough. You're enough. Your presence in our life gives us grace and peace. We can't explain it. We can't take credit for it. But it changes us. And Father, we don't want to miss this moment to invite you into our lives. Father, we pray for your grace that changes things. 
and your peace that carries us through while we wait. Grace and peace. And we do it as a people, together, we. We need each other. We need community. Father, thank you for what you've done. The grace you've poured into Tammy's life. The prayers of so many. Might we not forget these lessons in our life? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 